Welcome to Highway 89. This is one of our Christmas episodes, and these are always, I think, among the favorite because we get to pick and choose. And I'm Stephen Cap Perry, host often for Classical 89 and BYU Radio for uh, Highway 89. Jackie is the producer, so you have been there for every dang one just about. Every single one. More than 100, probably almost 200 episodes of Highway 89. I have sat in there and gotten a little up-close-and-personal concert. So everybody that you're going to hear today was recorded live, one take. Live, or as if live. Occasionally it wasn't actually live, but it was as if live. So all the same rules apply. So when you talk to the artists and you ask what they'll be performing on the concert, and then you say, and please bring a Christmas song, are people puzzled, or do they, they say, oh yeah, I know something? Artists are really slammed during the holiday season. I had one artist that I chatted with, and she said, my family performed 31 times during the month of December. They are just going every which way. And so whenever you say to them, hey, why don't you play it at the end of tonight's performance? We'll keep that until December. That makes perfect sense and seems very logical to them. Okay, we're going to hear first from a a piece that I really like. And this is from an artist who I know is just like that in December. Because she does it both alone, she does it with ensembles, and often with her family. She has a daughter and a son and others that she involves. In this case, Michelle Sunwall, who's from Alpine, Utah, beautiful soprano voice. And I have seen her in everything from The Messiah to Easter programs, where she's just going up and down the, the register classically, and as well as being Maria in The Sound of Music. Oh, I mean, nice. she does all the musical theater. In this case, she made a really interesting choice. This is In the Bleak Midwinter. I was born in February, so I totally relate. I I think I'm so glad I have a February birthday, or what would I look forward to between New Year's and, and, I mean, Valentine's Day for most of those years wasn't all that great for me either. So really, I'm waiting clear till the 4th of July for a big holiday. So the bleak midwinter, snow on snow on snow, those are the lyrics. And here is Michelle Sundwall singing this, and she brought her son, Zach, he played guitar, and I loved the addition of the guitar. It adds a different, I think, a nice dimension to this. In the bleak midwinter, Zach Sandwall guitar and his mother Michelle Sandwall singing this solo. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan, hard as iron, and water like a stone.
Michelle Sundwall, accompanied on guitar by her son, Zach Sundwall, in the bleak midwinter, all in minor until that final chord, that Picardy third, that just sort of turns it that there is a, a happy little gleam to the bleak midwinter. Uh, this next one, I, I want to tell you about our artist, Trisha Story, and I know you enjoyed having her come in. Oh, I really like Folk her. Folk singer and troubadour. Now, I first met Trisha, before I before I met her, she was singing, and she sang for years in the tree room up That's at Sundance. That's right, at Robert Redford's resort up at Sundance. So she spent for many years her Christmases serenading Robert Redford and his family <laughs> and friends there at the, the tree ten room years, restaurant. Ten years she was there. Oh, yeah. I mean, when people went and she wasn't there, it was like, what have you Where's done to Trisha? my restaurant? Yeah, I need to hear Trisha's story sing. So I, I got to work with her in, in some plays and just to see all different aspects of her. But all these years, people had been saying, these songs that you sing at your Christmas programs, please make me an album. And so finally, about two or three years ago, she did. Oh, perfect. It, it's just called Christmas. and But she made some, I think you would call traditional choices, but not this song. <laughs> oh, did she record this one on there? Uh, I think this was, a, yes, she did record this one. On I her have album. to hear that. But we're going to hear a live version that she did for Highway 89. John Denver did this uh, years ago, written for him, but she took it and somehow it fit up at Sundance to sing A Cowboy, A Christmas for Cowboys, singing about all the ways that Christmas is different for a cowboy. But there was one similarity that was the same. And I love the line that says, uh, she talks about, but cowboys do have to watch their flocks by night, even if it's snowing. So here is Trisha's story with Christmas for Cowboys. Tall in the saddle to spend Christmas Day Driving the cattle with a wide open range So many gifts given today Ours is the sky and the wide open range Folks in the city, they have different ways Football and eggnog and the Christmas parade I'll take my blankets and I'll take the reins It's Christmas for cowboys, the wide open place As we stop for the night Stars up above 
For Christmas tree lights The wind sings a hymn As we kneel down to pray It's Christmas for cowboys And a wide open range Tall in the saddle To spend Christmas day Driving the cattle the wide open range So many gifts Open today Ours is the sky And the wide snowy plains It's Christmas for cowboys And the wide open range Ooh, 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 ooh. Trisha's story, Christmas for Cowboys. I love the troubadour that can show up, sing, play the guitar. They are the whole show. Oh, she can do it all. And she, I mean, she's a woman of many, many talents. She has been all over the world doing documentaries, performing, doing adventure excursion things in Latin America and sleeping on, you know, the middle of exotic locales. She really can do it all. She she's probably could be a cowgirl. And I know that she has a collection of Christmas sweaters. Oh, really? She does. She are does. Are they... Ugly Christmas oh, no, sweaters, no, no. or these are, are not, beautiful. These are not the white elephant kind okay. of. Sw- they might have white elephants on, on them, them. Actually, she's gotten them from all over the world. White elephants, of course. Yeah, gorgeous Christmas sweaters. Most of them red. So let me ask you about gifts. Oh yes, are you gifts. Uh, are you a just so gift wrapper, or are you a let's put it in a glad bag and put a ribbon on it? I like to do it just so. Mm-hmm. I like it to be beautiful, and I actually spend a long time wrapping the gift. But when I unwrap the gift, I am a rip it open. <laughs> the whole a fun, of, the whole fun of wrapping paper is because you can rip it off. And my little sister actually loves, and I mean, by little I mean twenty-seven years old. Okay, she loves ripping wrapping paper so much that we purposely wrap her gifts maybe seven times or ten times, <laughs> and because she just. It's sheer glee for her to just sit there and rip it. And this is not an exaggeration, people. We really do this. We spend multiple rolls on Catherine. Yes, Catherine, if you're out there listening, you know you, Catherine Kate in Oklahoma. You need to have it so she she gets wrapped down to the point. There's actually no gift. The gift was the pleasure of all of those layers. Yes. And we really don't have time to do this because we grew up in a family with six kids. And um, so, you know, wrapping gifts for six children, that's a lot. That's Mm. a big that's a major work. I mean, you have children. You have, what, four kids? Yeah, but sometimes we cheat and we save gift bags throughout the year. You know where you put the gift in the back and then stuff some paper, the colored paper in the top. You do and, what you got to do. And you're wrapped. You do what you got to do. I mean, it's a lot of wrapping paper at Christmas. In my family, we would lay in bed at night. So in, in the rule is that you can go to sleep. Um, at, you have to be in bed by 12 o'clock. And then after 1 o'clock, you can wake up and go through your stocking. But you can't open any gifts. 1 a.m. So 1 a.m., all six children would wake up and go out and go through our stockings. And then my brother Paul would make pancakes. And we would stay up and just look at each other's stockings and, and think about Christmas and do silly things while my parents are sleeping. But from the hour of 12 to 1, when we had to be in our bed, like we were sleeping, I mean... We barely just got home from whatever Christmas Eve party and then it was, okay, go lay in bed, kids, for an hour before you're going to get up. And that entire hour, we would hear my parents wrapping our presents. We would hear them 
oh no, there's not enough wrapping paper. Oh, where's the tape? And then they would be carrying these bags down the hallway. Um, Santa Claus, of course, came later in the evening or something. But uh, yeah, it was hilarious. Wrapping is a very funny topic None of you us. were even close to asleep while all that oh, was Oh, no, happening. we just heard every word coming out of their mouth. And we were just hoping they would say what was our gift. Uh-huh. But they never did. They never slipped like, up. I hope she likes this yeah, whatever. this sparkly Barbie doll or whatever it was. <laughs> So anyway, um, so this is a present that we have now for you, a musical present. This is We Are the Strike, um, Let It Snow. And before we actually hear it, let me just tell you a little about the band. This is a new, young, hip, cool, you know, band. Um, they have a really unique sound. And the lead singer, his voice is, is very high, Chris Crabb. And this is him singing Let It Snow with his band, We Are the Strike. That isn't enough to bring a little snowflake out of the sky. I don't know what is. That is We Are the Strike playing Let It Snow. They didn't go so much with their normal funk there. I think you were, what, Little Tango or I don't know, Latin yeah, America, something we were, we were salsa, dancing samba in here. But, samba, yeah. But, you yeah, know, nice for the horn flavor. section, ever since Chicago, I mean, that was, uh, I love to go back to hear that. They get compared to Chicago all the time. And actually, they just performed with Jason Sheff who is now the lead singer of Chicago for like the last 20 years. Mm. But 
everybody only remembers the other guy. The but other guy who shall remain unnamed <laughs> for the shall, moment. Yes, remained unnamed. Um, but now we're going to totally, you know, cl- cleanse the palate because we're going to totally switch gears here. Um, we're going to go with Robert Sims, and he is he was classically trained. Um, to sing, you know, Schubert and Beethoven and Mozart and great classical pieces. We were so lucky to get Yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. He's phenomenal. He's known all over the United States and internationally as well. And um, he, his whole life now, he is dedicated to, this, to, to the singing of African-American spirituals. And so this song that we're going to hear is not Christmas per se, but it's definitely about the Savior, definitely about you know, Jesus and all that he did for us. And I love it. It gets inside of me. And so I want to share it with everyone. performed by Robert Sims on Highway 89. And that song, my husband and I, I'll be in the kitchen, he'll be on the second floor of the house, and we'll sing it back and forth to each other, back and forth. I don't know. It gets in the bones, you know? Oh, I love it. Nice song. Nice song. I was going to, we were talking Christmas traditions, and there's one Christmas I remember, you talked about your family wrapping things and staying up all night to wrap and then rip, wrap and rip. I think that's the the concept I'm getting. Well said. uh, And uh, our our concept was that we would kind of wrap. I mean, if we could wrap something around it and tape would hold it, that would do. Did you have the comics? Oh, newspaper has worked. Uh, garbage <laughs> bags. We pr- try for white instead of black. Yes. It seems cheerier. And then the gift bags I told you about. When people give you something in a gift bag, you, you're think you're saying, oh, how thoughtful of you. And you're thinking, yes, Christmas, one less thing to wrap. I have gift bags. There are gift bags that have been in circulation for who knows how many years in the family. just going around. So, but for some reason... Uh, my parents would wrap things, we would wrap things, but Santa never wrapped anything for our family. That's how you knew. Yeah, that's how we knew what was what was from him. And there would be presents under the tree, and then there would be things sort of set on the chair, but not wrapped. 
And so one time uh, we all went to Uncle Jack's house. We had to drive from Logan over the mountain to Brigham City to go to Uncle Jack's with the cousins. And so we had this big old white Chevy station wagon, and we all went to get in, drive to Uncle Jack's to stay overnight for Christmas. And my dad said, well, we'll all, we'll all need to get in the front seat. Because you're going to wake up there Christmas yeah. morning. And I, I'm like 12, and then everybody after me, and I said, we won't fit in the front seat. He said, well, we all, we'll make it work. We have to fit in the front seat. And the dog. We were taking the oh, dog. Oh, my goodness. The so, dog to boot. So six of us get in the front seat, and we're of course, we're all saying, why are we all crammed together? I can't breathe. The dog's in my face. You know, just all the things you would say. And so there we are, and, and my dad's like, well, don't look in the back. Yeah, also, that's when course, you know. Our heads all start to swivel. He's the like, gifts are in the back. And he said, we're, we're just uh, taking a bunch of stuff for uh, that <laughs> un- Uncle Jack needs. I covered it with a blanket so it will stay warm. <laughs> Christmas is not easy on parents. You have to come up with things oh my like goodness. this, games yes, like so, this. And so I think my younger ones were like, wow, that's a lot of stuff for Uncle Jack. Then they went on with their lives. Of course, the older ones were going, what is taking up that much space in the back of the station wagon? Did you peek? Did you peek? No, no. Steve? I was sitting in be- wedged in between parents. I, 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 I longed to, but there was no opportunity. Anyway, <laughs> that's that's when I, 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 I remember. Of you and kids memorable... across America trying to find their gifts in advance, making their parents' life harder. I, I don't think I really would have peaked. I think it would have been too disappointing to oh. me to know. But I had siblings who peaked. You're such a good son. We, we found out. When we were grown up, we confessed to each other. Some of, them, <laughs> some of them peaked. I never did. Confession time. Okay. So here is a pianist I really like. Uh, David Tolk. I like of, him too. Kind of lawyer by day, musician yes. by night. And uh, But what he did is he chose a song that uh, as a kid I liked just because it mentioned the Feast of Stephen. And I thought, why are we not having the Feast of Stephen for me? That sounds like a great idea. In the bleak midwinter. Oh, oh yeah, the Feast in the bleak midwinter for the February the birthday. Midwinter. Yes. So, but then as I speak, that's what piqued my interest in the song. It said Feast of Stephen. But as I grew up, I started to really be moved by this song. Good King Wenceslas, because here's this king, and yet even though he's so elevated, he, he goes around, he takes care of people, and his servant is freezing in the snow. And this, the legend is that he, he was so righteous that miracles would happen. And he tells his servant, step in my footprints, and behold, the footprints are warm for oh. the servant as they go along, as he goes around doing good. And so there evidently was at some point this, this quite generous, quite charitable person that this is all. And I just love the story of Christmas time because it sort of, it, it sort of reduces from the high end station to, you know, the verse starts with, bring me meat and bring me wine, <laughs> bring me pine logs. You know, it sounds like me, me, me. Sounds perfect for Christmas. And, yeah. So then it turns into something really quite sweet, I think. And, and it's from the old country you know, hundreds of years old, and I love that the way that David Tolk arranges this feels to me, once the piano gets going, there's this constant rhythm. It, it's almost, I picture dulcimers. It takes me back to the old country. So here is his version, David Tolk, of Good King Wenceslas. Thank you. 
Good King Wenceslas, that performance live from David Tolk. All of these, with rare exceptions when we had to go to a great big soundstage for a whole choir, all of Highway 89's performances are recorded in Studio 6, which is a gorgeous studio here. Right here at BYU Broadcasting. And this doesn't happen much nowadays anymore. Yeah, to do it live. And uh, if you're in town sometime in Provo, Utah, you ought to find BYU Broadcasting. Call ahead. We will give you a tour, and we'll have fun doing it, too. You may even be able to come to a taping. We usually try to have a little audience at some mm. of the tapings, and so you could do that as well. But I just wanted to say that. I don't know where our listeners may be. Maybe they're just turning off the road to go to Grandma's house down some snowy road, or maybe they're at home decorating the tree. But that piece was perfect, right? To be in the background. I loved that. That good king Wenceslas. I can never say his his His, name. His whole Christmas album, David Tolk, we have put that on. uh, We have a, a particular night of the week when it's tree decorating night and everybody has to be there. Tree decorating night. Yes, we pull them. They're kept in those those big like uh, candy popcorn canisters. That's That's where we keep all our ornaments in. So there's the ceremonial descent (laughs) to the the family, you know, to the storage room and then the ascending with the the gifts, all of this. This was great fun with little kids. And now that they're all, you know, one's married, they're in college and a couple at home and they don't have the patience they had for that. It's sort of, we want to pull it out and say, and this ornament we got on our honeymoon. And now they don't want to hear the stories because they know them. We pull them out and they go, Vacation. We pull another one out. Trip to Florida. Another one. Honeymoon. Just pretend like you don't remember, teenagers. Yes. So we can tell you. We're not quite there yet. But one of our traditions is the koala at the top of the tree. Our our first Christmas, we we had just a few decorations we found somewhere, but there was no angel. And we couldn't even get the, the one string of lights to stay at the top. But my wife had this koala clip. It was a little koala that you would squeeze in. Its paws would open up. You could clip it. I have seen those. I have seen those. To keep, keep notes together or something. So we clipped on the top of the tree ever since no matter how we decorate our tree there's a koala at the top of our tree I love that I know those little traditions start but uh, you were talking about buying gifts as a kid yeah buying gifts as a kid is such an interesting thing and I, I mean just go back to when you know you're eight years old and you're starting to understand what Christmas is all about and you actually do love your siblings you do you do. And for me, it was like my brother, Paul, I really wanted to show him how much I loved him. I loved Paul. I loved him being a part of my life. And I had 50 cents, <laughs> 50 cents to show Paul how much I loved him. And we would go to pick and save. But the interesting thing about that is when we would unwrap the gifts, it was like it was OK. And we all felt so much love from each other. I think kids are so good at giving gifts and mm. also at receiving gifts. They can be very good at that. Well, part of it is, is, wow, you remembered me. I wasn't sure you liked me that much. Hey, you know, and it was, hey, I now I have this airplane poster. Cool. I didn't have it five seconds ago. And So was that the 50 cent gift you I think I bought, I'd probably buy him something like that, a car poster or Mm. something. And I don't even know if I could get that for 50 cents. I'm sure dad, dad often would, we'd go in very sad and somber with our 50 cents for each of our five siblings. And then suddenly dollars would descend out of my father's pocket and we would be able to buy the gift that we really wanted to. So that was nice. But we have two more selections and then we're going to wrap up the show, which is a shame because I just love Christmas music. And so this is a performance of Amy Whitcomb singing The First Noel. The First Noel The angel to was to certain poor shepherds, if he 
Whitcomb performing the first Noel, and you're probably wondering, well, who is that? Whose wonderful voice was that? I mean, tell me more about Amy. And uh, there's actually quite a bit to say. She was a contestant on NBC's The Voice and did pretty well. And she was also on the Sing Off, an acapella competition show, um, Vocal Point, and some other BYU acapella groups went up there and competed and that was whenever she was a BYU student but she has since graduated and she lives here locally in Provo, Utah. She's said that she's not going to head to LA anytime soon. So I'm glad for that that we have nice her around. Voice. Very nice. Oh yeah, and we're going to hear we're going to end with one more of hers and this is where she belts it out. It's going to go for broke. This is this is the kind of piece you save to end a Christmas show exactly. with. Exactly. And she <laughs> does it very very well and so we'll just get right into it. It is Go Tell It on the Mountain. Go tell it on the mountain over the hills and everywhere go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born when I was a seeker I sought both night and day I asked the Lord to help me he showed me the way 
Tell It on the Mountain. That was Amy Whitcomb both singing and playing piano for herself, Elton John style. And I just love it. But she, If she tells it, it's going to stay told. Yeah, it's going to stay told. <laughs> That's great. Amy Whitcomb, Go Tell It on the Mountain. Perfect ending for... We've had so much great music during the different episodes we've done of going back through the year and pulling out favorite Christmas songs from the various artists who've come in. Jackie is really good about being sure they bring a Christmas song with them. So thanks to Jackie Tateishi, the producer for Highway 89, all year long, every (laughs) single show. This is a lot of work you've done to put this together, but I love that you did it so we get to hear all this great Christmas music. Thank you, Steve, and Merry Christmas to everyone out there. Merry, Uh, Merry Christmas. Absolutely. Uh, Work today from Sam Thompson Engineering for the program. And for Highway 89, all of these recordings are engineered uh, Mark Waite, who has to figure out how to mic everything from a tuba band to pump uh, organ yeah, and Chinese acrobat instrumentalists. And uh, I'm telling you, he has to figure out how to do it all. So thank you for joining us for this Christmas edition of Highway 89. We do wish you and yours a Merry Christmas.